Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Oh, welcome back to Wildcast Christmas Studios for another episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, fan listeners, I am your elf and host, Adam, and of course, I'm joined by your favorite elf and your favorite co-hoster, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. Are you getting closer to being ready for Christmas? Uh, let me do some math here. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm about uh, 500 bucks left. Jesus. Yeah, I'm really getting down to the to the 11th hour here. Um, fortunate, Slash 12 more days. Yeah, well, with shipping, you know, everything's going to be probably take longer now with shipping because of the time of the year that it is. But, so you're an um, Amazon shopper? Um, so I've got two more things in my cart on Amazon that I still need to order. Right. <laughs> uh, I still got my Secret Santa from Megan's out of the family to buy for. Right. And I've got my nephews to buy for, and I still have one more thing from my, my mom to buy. Huh. I'm so far behind right now, so stressed out. But um, yeah, once it's once it's over, it's uh, you know you can just kind of get that weight off your back, right? Yeah, it's like uh, you can finally relax and put your feet up. It's so much different than when you're a kid, obviously, because you have to buy all the stuff, mm-hmm. but. When you're a kid, you're looking forward to Christmas because you got that sweet two-week school break and you could sleep in. Maybe not you, but me. You could be up all night with your buddies, you know, Christmas cookies and food mm. and this. And now you're like, cool, I get four days off work and then I'm back. Like, <laughs> And you got to buy everything. Uh, I can't even – so you're – you're more of an Amazon shopper than a, a mall type shopper. I can't stand going to the mall. Oh, I love I'm going an, to the mall. I'm an online shopper. If I could, there was that, you know, a couple weekends ago when wife and I went to the mall and did Christmas shopping and we were there yeah. for like two hours. Yeah. And I, I could have, you know, <laughs> seriously hit somebody just because I didn't like how, I don't like crowded places. Right. And I can only imagine it was how worse it is now than it would have been two weeks ago. I'm definitely an Amazon guy. Online, Amazon, um, you know, it's it's at my doorstep in Weird. two days. <laughs> that's that's my kind of Christmas shopping. Yeah, I'm more of a go get it at the mall. I know what I have. I know what I bought. I get to wrap it all. Um, I mean, I could have an Amazon account. Layla's got all the Amazon accounts. Mm-hmm. So for me to go shopping for her, she'd be like, "Why did you put this in the Dropbox or in the in the cart, as it's called?" Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I I mean the Alberta's side is done um i've got the one gift for for lilith that's going to win christmas um and then i gotta get all the small gifts because i know everyone's like oh it's all about the presents and i don't need a lot of presents and i do i want like one big one and then like four or five little ones like i just want to open things for more than 10 minutes because it's such a and it's getting even longer now because, it, you know, the Christmas season starts uh, November 1st, apparently. But um, it's like it takes so long to get here. And then in like three minutes, it's over. Everyone's opened like three presents and you're like, cool. Now what? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so at least being here now, I can get up at eight, nine o'clock and wait for my family to get up at 6 a.m. And try to have a because when I was back home last year, them kids get up early. I can imagine. Them kids get up. Yep. They get up early, but, you know, your body's kind of on the uh, East Coast time, so it's not the worst thing <laughs> in the world. But, um, but no, we're staying here, and you guys are staying here too, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah this year we're – this year's New Brunswick. Next year we'll be Ontario. Ontario. We usually uh, flip-flop every every yeah. year, so. 
Yeah, we did Alberta last year. This year will be here. Next year will probably be Ontario, but, you know, maybe we'll have a a joyous little bundle and we'll have some time off and we can do both over the holidays, but... uh, Got some, uh, got some things to do before we get there. Don't forget, as always, you can follow us on uh, social medias: Twitter, Monk to Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, TikTok, Wildcast Podcast, and now on the YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, the newest TikTok, the Riley Samson warm up laps up to yeah, like thirty five hundred. Wow, not I bad. won't lie, I'm a little embarrassed that the uh, the team did not promote that at all. Yeah. Not promote me. Did not promote his rookie debut, lap. his yeah. rookie lap. Nothing. Um, you just you got to do those little things, especially for kids that you know. They may not make it to the next level. This is a pretty mm-hmm. big deal for them. Yep. So, um, especially for their families who's not always uh, not always around. So, uh, let's get into the quick question. I mean, I took this from the Jets TikTok. I was talking to uh, I showed you it up mm-hmm. in the press box uh, in St. John. Which again, thank you, Gabby Schofield, yes. for allowing us to be up there. Um, rank these three, sir: pancakes, waffles, French toast. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm a big waffle guy. Okay, I like the crunch factor. Yeah, you need a little crunch. Chicken and waffles guy or chicken? Waffles? Oh, chicken and waffles is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, an IHOP? that's a breakfast, lunch, or dinner meal. You can eat that anytime. Is that your IHOP meal? Um, there's better chicken and waffles around mm-hmm. compared to IHOP. Um, so if I see a chicken and waffles on a menu. And I'm at like, um, let's say, uh, uh, a Montana's yeah. or a, a Jack Astor's. I'll yeah. probably, I, I might not get it, but if it's if I'm not in a steak mood or a burger mood, I'll, I'll go. I'll go chicken and waffles. I mean, it's. Or if you hadn't had it in like three months, but you got to be in a mood for it. You you got to be in a mood for chicken and waffles at night. It's, it's a different, it's a different kind of meal, right? Um. Because you also have like you if it's you've got to nail the chicken and waffles like mm-hmm. if, if if it's you know if you're if it doesn't have icing sugar on it if it doesn't have maple syrup drizzled over all over the top it's not chicken and waffles like that's chicken and waffles yeah it needs it chicken needs to be crispy needs spiced to be right spiced right needs to be cooked for one thing <laughs> yeah yeah step one so just getting the crunch from you know the waffle and the chicken and the sweetness from the icing sugar and the maple syrup. The spiciness, it's all the s- feelings right. in your mouth, right? Yeah. Um, for me, pancakes is too. French toast is what's big. Of, <laughs> French toast. I mean, what's? I don't understand French toast. I mean, it's it's so easy to make, mm-hmm. but it's just not something that I I like. I'm not a French toast guy. That is number one. For you me. like French toast? Oh, I love French toast. French toast, um, if it's done properly, uh, my sister makes a French toast bake. Layla makes it too. I don't like that. Like, I don't like the French toast baked all in a, everything. She found this new thing on, I don't know, one of the internet, TikTok, somewhere. Your French toast, you batter it, you cook it, you flatten the bread, and you put uh, breakfast sausage in there. And oh, you roll, roll it up. over. Yeah, it's like pigs you, in a blanket. Yeah, but French, it's French toast, toast style. Yeah. Oh, those. I'm. I'm not. A, I don't like change. I really don't. And I got the palate of an eight year old. So um, she made that one morning, and I was like, Argh. and then I had it, and I'm like, oh my god, that is wonderful. Yeah, I'm French toast one, um, pancakes two, and then waffles three. Wow. Now yeah. I'm. I'm not gonna. 
And and again, I'll have any three of those at any time of yeah. the day. It does not. These are not breakfast foods. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, IHOP. Um, I had it out in Calgary a couple of times. I've been twice since I've been here. Once was with a gift card. Once was with free tickets from the Wildcats. Um, the next day kind of thing. It's overrated for me. Like, give me jeans. Give me yeah. uh, the one on Mountain Road that I literally. Heinz. Give me those those old school places before I go to the IHOP, which is just run-of-the-mill chain. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So Granville Street Diner. Yes, Granville Street Diner. Absolutely. I've been there every time we go across the island. Uh, for an Islanders game, that's where we go for breakfast. Um, which I gotta get out there because you know who I miss talking to? Hockey hat guy. Yeah, I miss yeah. that dude. Like he used to be a presence on social media, and and obviously I don't know what's going on, but he's just he stepped back from the hockey hat guy. He's just Jake at the hockey games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if you're out there, buddy, you're you're doing. Hope you're doing great. I miss talking to you, and um, I think they play. Where's my schedule? February 11th. It's a Saturday, so maybe Layla and I try to get out there for a weekend. Um, maybe we'll get out there, see how you're doing. But yeah, it, waffles for me, I I will have them, but they're not my they're not my go-to. Interesting. Yeah, I I thought we'd be disappointed in you. I, th- I actually thought you'd be uh, pancakes before waffles. See, pancakes. It's it. <sighs> There's an art to making pancakes. It there? is an art because it's a plain plain pa- a plain <laughs> pancake is just. Bland, yeah, yeah, right. You need something to. It's like anything else, right? If it's bland, it's 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 crap. Yeah, um, I'm not just gonna go eat a plain waffle, right? I need something on it. Yeah, right. D- spice it up a little bit, you know, some whipped cream and some, you know, drizzle. I make it presentable. If if it's pre- if a pancake is presentable, I'll eat it. Mm-hmm. If a pancake, if waffles are presentable, I'll eat it. If French toast is presentable, I just I just don't see how you can elevate french toast maybe your little roll-up ideas sounds <laughs> sounds good yeah but i mean french toast it's but okay put some berries on it and some you know maple syrup but it's just i i you can't elevate french toast the same way you can elevate pancakes and right. waffles yeah. that's my that's that's why i'm kind of on that no well, you know what we don't always have to agree and it's sometimes a better show when we uh when we don't, but we will agree and we will move on to, we will agree on moving on to news and notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. So I had typed up Canada opens its world junior selection camp this week. And then I realized, well, no, they've announced the team. <laughs> like yes, they announced the team on Monday. I thought it was a little early considering, um, like the tournament doesn't start for two weeks. Mm-hmm. The exhibition games don't start till next Monday. So I thought Wednesday, Thursday, we might hear who the team is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they obviously announced the roster. Um, Sedden or Caden Banker, one of those WHL names. That's Connor Bedard, name. um, kind of a bubble guy. Good to see him finally make it. Who? Connor Bedard. You're going to hear big things Never about heard that of guy. Him. Oh, big things about Connor Bedard. Trust me. Um, Colton Dax, Zach Dean, Adam Fantanelli, uh, Nathan Goche, Dylan Gunther, uh, Zach Ostapachuk. That's a cute, that's a dub name. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Brandon Othman, Joshua Wall, Reed Schaefer, Logan Stankoven, uh, Shane Wright, 
Yep. <laughs> no, Nolan Allen on the defense. Brant Clark, your guy. My boy. Uh, Ethan, uh, when you talk, they listen. That's you right, man. About I, him, uh, I yeah. said I, I wore my Barry Cold shirt last week <laughs> yeah. for a reason. Yep. Because I was upset. I, okay, maybe I was a little upset because I totally forgot he was with the LA Kings. But literally, he was released to Team Canada <laughs> yeah. the morning we released our show. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, Ethan DeMastro, Tyson Hines, Kevin Korczynski. That's a dumb name. Yep. Jack Mater. Olin Zellweger, uh, and your goaltenders, Benjamin Gaudreau, I think, from Sarnia. Yep. And Thomas Millich, who I think is from Seattle. Seattle yeah. yeah. So, Jordan Dume, not uh, on the list. And, again, each media outlet or fan that follows the league kind of like we do, they see their league guys. They think, you know, I mean, Jordan Dume is at two points a game. He yeah. should be on this team. Well, he's and got I thought next, he was. He's got next year. He does, and I thought he was a lock to at least be the 13th forward in Halifax. You're trying to make a good impression mm-hmm. as Hockey Canada coming back. I thought maybe he'd be squeaking on there, but Dylan Gunther being released, Shane Wright being released, Brant yeah. Clark being released. Yeah, that's I think what ultimately hurt mm-hmm. Jordan Dumay, um his 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 opportunity to be a 13th forward on this team, and he might have been the 13th forward that played himself into the lineup with with big goals as he's been known to score. But that was kind of the biggest surprise for me because the tournament is in Halifax, and I'm a little shocked that they didn't put a – not that they have to put a a guy on in the market when they're in Canada, but I thought maybe if there was going to be a guy with uh, LaRue's injury, maybe if he had a full start, mm-hmm. uh, he might have been there. But um, no no representation from Halifax in the Halifax tournament. I guess what are your thoughts on uh, on Team Canada? Um, you know what? I said last week it's – this. I said it wasn't a gold medal team and I have to change my mind now just because we, you know, they got that, they got Dylan Gunther, they got Shane Wright, they got Brent Clark. Uh, those are huge additions. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, there's obviously one that kind of surprised me. That's Carson Lambos. I mean, he was on the summer team, I think, and he's cut this time around. So that's kind of a surprise. Uh-huh. Um, I think even Riley Kidney was on the summer team, but if, you know, I think he got hurt in that first uh, yeah, sports yeah. game and, just couldn't. Um, it, it must be serious enough that he he can't he can't make the team. And um, I mean, Zach Bolduc. I mean, come on, like he was a, you know, he didn't make it. Like, it's, there's some names on there that um, kind of jump off, uh, jump off the page. But you know, that Caden Bankier, I'd never heard of him until until this until this this roster was released. Right. This is his first Hockey Canada experience, right? Yep. So can you imagine, you know being left off like the U-17s and the U-18s and then, you know, getting a shot to make Team Canada and you, you make it? Yeah. I mean, that's uh, I'm, I'm, that's one player I'm going to be following just because I, I don't know much. I don't know a lot about him. Uh, so I'll be uh, I'll be following that. But Is he a dub guy? Caden, I think he's on – my head is saying Kamloops. Um, hmm. I don't know. My It's just – Jumping off the page as being a Kamloops blazer for some reason, but because Logan Stankovens from Kamloops, that's uh, he and Bedard grew up together. Okay, so he's maybe he's not Kamloops, but he's honestly I'd never heard of him before. Nailed it. Is Kamloops? Yep. Sorry, nice. BC. He's from Kamloops. Nice. Um, I do follow. Him. <laughs> I'm not just a Q guy. No, a big uh, Kamloops guy. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, I honestly think I think maybe the goaltending is going to be their question mark, but yeah. I think they've got. You know, up front, they can score enough goals that, you know, they could probably win a 6-5 game. 
Um, and no, I, I think there's a very good chance that we see this team in, in the gold medal game. And um, maybe uh, we'll, we'll finally see a celebration on the uh, Scotiabank Center Ice because the Mooseheads failed to do that at the Memorial Cup a couple of years ago. Uh, so uh, we'll, I'll take a dig at the Mooseheads on that one, on accidentally on purpose. And uh, yeah, go Canada. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously Ty Bell and uh, Mueller head off to, I think, Turo for their uh, selection camp with Switzerland. Um, so, you know, obviously we wish them a ton of success and how cool it would be for both of them to represent the Wildcats mm-hmm. with Switzerland in Moncton. Um, I was talking to Sanderson uh, before we were doing the game on Sunday, the Flyers game, and I'm like, well, here's how this is going to finish. U.S., Finland, Switzerland, Latvia, and then uh, Canada, Sweden, Germany, Czech. So we're going to get our annual Canada versus Latvia in the quarterfinal, and Latvia is going to scare the ever-living bejesus out of Canada, and then Canada will well, survive, and away we go. I wouldn't put I wouldn't put Germany ahead of the Czech Republic. No, no, no. I wouldn't put Germany ahead of the Czechs. Okay. No, I think the Czechs are. Um, I mean, they've got some. They've got some talent. Uh, I think they can maybe take a run at Sweden for for second in the group. Okay. This would have been the year to get Sam Constantine on instead of last yes. year when we had him on went through the whole spiel. Yeah. Played one game in Edmonton. They went nope, no, no more tournament. Um, yeah, I. It's going to be a fun tournament. I hope you guys have all your tickets. I know when we were going to Baktouche yesterday for the game, uh, Latvia and Germany are playing a, an exhibition game in, in Baktouche. Oh, no way. Yeah, tickets are 20 bucks. Holy shoot. Yeah. Huh. And I don't think that's including Ticketmaster's $45 fees, so it's not actually $65. I think face value tickets yeah. are just $25. But um, obviously, if you, if you have the chance to get out, support it, because like I've been telling a lot of people at work, I mean – if we have a bad showing, this tournament may never come back here, and we have mm-hmm. to have to show the ability that, hey, we can host this thing, um, and maybe we'll get Canada as a host uh, host here. What roster you got there? This is the Czechs. Uh, okay. uh, so they got Brabinick. They've got uh, Schmuller, uh, Hauser, Koss, Kulik, Kate, Neb- Kate Breton Eagles legend, Yuri Kulik. Nice. Um, Marcel Marcel. Uh, Ed- Edward Saleh, who's uh, will be a top pick in the next summer's NHL draft. Uh, David Spachek, Stanislav Svoville, David Moravec from Halifax, David Jurasek. Um, they they're loaded with talent. They got Satney in that too, don't they? Get Satney if if he, he makes can, it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was yeah. like, "Where's Ivan Ivan?" But he's uh, 20 years old, so he can't. Don't uh, count out the checks. I think yeah. they can. I think they can uh, challenge uh, Sweden for second in that group. You heard it here first. Um, Obviously, the biggest news and notes from around the league is when we talk, more so Germany talks, the Q draft is coming back live, ladies and gentlemen, which means we're going to the Q draft in Sherbrooke um, June 10th in person at the, I'm going to butcher this, but here we go, Palade de Sports Leonard Droil. Droilet? Droilet? Whatever it is. The rink in Sherbrooke, um, June 10th. Um, I mean, I was hoping it was a little bit closer. <laughs> there it is. We did it, folks. <coughs> they listened to us. We did it. Um, yeah, I was hoping it was going to be a little bit closer, uh, just travel-wise. But, I mean, Sherbrooke was supposed to hold it uh, when all this went down. Um, they've held it in 2014 and 2015, so this is their third time. In addition to the entry draft, the league will host the Hall of Fame induction ceremony at the theater on June 8th, which is we're now eight members of the uh, – history so probably the the few that uh didn't get in because of of covid but man 
I don't know how they're going to do this. I think they're going to do it flat out like they used to. Full on every kid in the stands, all the fans, all the teams, mm-hmm. all the everything. They kind of. One side for they're the having prospects. It. Yeah, they're having it. The That's the main thing. I didn't care how they were going to do it. They're having it. And like Joe uh, Cortor said in the little interview on the on the Q site, it's undoubtedly a memorable experience for a hockey player and his family to hear his name called by one of our teams. Mm-hmm. It's the only league that does this. And for the kids that don't move to the NHL, this is it. And this is, is an honor for, for all of these kids. Yep, 100%. I'm so excited. Um, this is... Uh, I, I don't even care if they charge. Well, it'll probably be free, but it'll, it will, I'm pretty sure it'll be free, but I wouldn't um, care if they charged. Like I've been, I've, I've been on these websites like Verbo and Airbnb <laughs> and checking hotel yeah. prices and stuff like that. And, um, it's, it seems like the league's gotten a good grip on the hotel rooms already in Sherbrooke yeah. because there's like next to nothing left. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, there's little small towns around like Magog, you can stay in Magog and you're a little 20 minutes away from Sherbrooke. So um there's uh you know there's i actually know somebody that uh, has a uh that uh, has an airbnb in magog so maybe i can reach out to him and and see if we can stay there but uh you know i think there's a pretty good chance that uh myself and adam will be will be there there's a hundred percent chance we'll be there um not sure if the ladies will accompany us uh but it could very well be a a, a gentleman's (laughs) trip um, but, um, no, we, I, I think there's, uh, you know, if we can maybe go up on a Thursday and have a Thursday, a Friday and a Saturday night there and, yeah. and then come back home on the, on the Sunday. Uh, fun fact, it's actually a shorter drive to go through the States to get to Sherbrooke than it is going through Quebec. And that's why the ladies will join us because they will want to go to Target. Target. Um, I want to go to the Olive Garden Ooh, in yes. Bangor for some bread and oui. some pasta. Um, but yeah, this is uh, going to be fun. There is a um, hotel that we stayed at. Uh, I think it's called the Lion. Uh, when we went to her friend's, you're not allowed making jokes on the show. No, no, her <laughs> her friend's uh, wedding uh, was at their house, but we stayed at the. I think it was the translation was the Lion, and it was just outside yeah. of the Sherbrooke. Um, I don't. I can't find it right now, but yeah. And hey, you know what? We know someone who lives there, and they have a really big house. So we'll see. I don't care how we're staying there. We're going. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay tuned to all of our social medias. We're going to – step one was getting the league to have a uh, an in-person draft. Check. Step two is getting media passes so we can be in there and interview some of these. Uh, this plus six next. Yeah, that'll work. Hot tub. 500 yep. bucks a night. Yep. Nice. Um, step one was getting the, the Q draft back live. Check. Step two – getting us media passes so we can interview some of these uh, draft picks prospects. And the best part about this is the last time we went, we had a lottery pick. And again, we have oh, a chance to have a lottery pick oh, again. Jesus. So, um, well, the, the more, you know, I said, I we have a chance. Chances are considering how well a certain team has been doing in the first yeah. half. Come uh, on. Second uh, half collapse. I don't know how, I mean, Jesus Christ, our own pick <laughs> right now is more of a chance of a lottery pick than uh, the other one. But, Come on. Um, second half collapse. Yeah, really. Yeah, like just start tank for tank for the pick at this point. No, <laughs> yeah. I, that would not happen. No, with the individual who runs the show around here. Um, no. no, this is a very exciting time. I was, uh, I saw that come through, and I, I sent it to you like right away. Yep. And I was. And the so, only thing that annoyed me more was it come through on Wednesday when the show already dropped instead of Monday when we could have yeah. put it on last week's show. But uh, yeah, and we obviously you're gonna have all the we're gonna be live. Uh, we're gonna have 
videos, all the kind of stuff we can do. And we're going to try and bring back the uh, live Maritime Round Table where we have all the uh, media members from around that we've had on the trade deadline show here uh, the night before the draft, which is always fun. And we'll see if we can keep Jeremy sober, which didn't work last time. He's going to be so excited. Probably won't work this time. The team of the week. Um, few names that I can actually say now. It's a good. It's a good week when it's names I can say. Oh. <laughs> uh, Ivan, Ivan, that one's easy. Yeah, three yeah. games, one goal, five assists. Ben Allison, easy again. Nice. Uh, three games, five goals, two assists. Uh, William Dumoulin, uh, three goals, three three games, three goals, three assists. Uh, a guy we kind of know pretty well, Etienne Moran, three games, three goals, three assists, and a plus six. And Tristan Leno uh, from Gatineau, three games, one goal, five assists. And the other guy we kind of know, Charles Antoine Lavallee, two wins, a 9.64 save percentage, and a .98 goals against average. Your player of the week um, is uh, Etienne Moran of, uh, of Moncton. Um, we're probably going to get into something a little bit more on him. But, I mean, the two defensemen in there are the top two scoring defensemen uh, in the queue right now. Uh, Etienne Moran's got 13 goals. Tristan Leno's got 11. So there's not much more you can say. I'll try to talk about it a little bit more later. Uh, hashtag spoiler alert. But um, <laughs> I think the people know where yeah, this is going. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know if he was going to be, but once he won pretty much every award you could get, um, he was an easy decision as well. He is also part of the news and notes going to the Kubota Top Prospects game in Kelowna. Shocker. Whenever, yeah. Whenever that is, I think that's in uh, January. January. So um, he'll be on his way there. So that's that's how back to back years that. Uh, Moncton's had a representation at that uh, at that tournament with Barb's last year and ran this year. So. <laughs> I All like right. our chances next year, too. Yeah. A couple guys. Yep. Hmm. All right, sir. It was not here last week as you almost died. So um, That's true. Back again. All right. So my team of the week is not um, – I don't have forwards. I don't have – I don't have three forwards. I don't have 2D, and I don't have a goalie. But it's going back to what we just talked about with our potential lottery pick. Yep. My team of the week is the entire roster of the Ramuski Oceanic. <laughs> Two back-to-back wins over the Valdor Furor. Thank you so much. I pre- Good job, guys. Excellent work. Um, you know, couldn't, couldn't have asked for uh, better help there. Um, thank you so much, Ramuski. Love it. Thank you so much. Um, not sure how Valdor ended up beating Quebec two times last week or something oh, like that. Yeah. Whatever. But for you to go out and do something that Quebec couldn't do, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you had told me that it was you didn't really have a team, but it was going to be comedic, and that is uh... <laughs> team of the re- team of the week. They were Muski Oceanic. Well done. That's yeah. No, um, what is Valdor? Where are they right now? Fuck. Oh, fifteen and 15, 32 points. It's worth the overall. They're up there. No, they're in tenth. Yeah. yeah well, right now, our pick is slower than theirs. What is the top five? Get look, how, look how close it is, though. Yeah, yeah, they're three points up. So you're, you're five, five losses away from being. McCallum's gone. Robidaux's gone. Blackburn's, Blackburn's gone. Um, so, come on, second, second of collapse, please. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, we don't wish anything bad on the fans. No, there. we just want your so. first round pick. That's yeah, it. We that's just want a lottery. We don't want two chances at the lottery. We just want your chance at the lottery. Um. Perfect. All right. Well, I didn't expect that to be that quick. So um, we got a couple guests. Uh, obviously, with Christmas time, you've got to have some uh, some guests kind of 
moving around and they've got some other priorities and things come up with recitals and, and stuff like that. So um, no show tomorrow, but we do have uh, both Willie Paloff and uh, Pat McNeil. So let's get to that. This is the most stacked lineup we've ever assembled for the most credible, informed and entertaining deadline show anywhere. We are back for another Maritime episode and a Maritime trade deadline episode. This time it's going to be in the show because uh, these guys are gracious to give us some time. But unfortunately, uh, we couldn't uh, put this together on an actual episode. So uh, representing the Mooseheads is Willie Paloff and the voice you have heard a few times on here, Pat McNeil of the Eagles. Gentlemen, Merry Christmas to both of you. How are you doing tonight? Uh, Doing well. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody listening in as well. And always uh, fun to be on the show. Yeah, doodle from my end. Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Nice to be on. All right, obviously we'll uh, we'll kick it off with you, Willie. Um, the big trade, the uh, the the Mooseheads acquired twenty year old Josh Lawrence. Uh, I mean, just early returns seem to be going well. Just talk about how that trade maybe affects the Mooseheads in the future as well as maybe at the deadline. Yeah, well, you know, I'll, I'll go back to training camp. Really, when they only had one overage to make the team out of camp. Um, smart by Cam Russell to sit tight is uh, overagers are usually lower priced as year goes on because teams need to need to move them. So they picked up Stefan Huard Jr. from uh, Sherbrooke for, I think it was a sixth. And then uh, on paper right now, the trade for Lawrence is the first and the second. But I think the common knowledge is that James Swan will go to Blainville for some return of one of those picks. And that's a good deal for them. He's a good player and uh, they'll get a high pick. Uh, but for the Moosehead, Lawrence, uh, he's really, really standing out um, because if you watched Halifax's first 15, 20 games, it was really a one-line team. Uh, Jordan Dumay with Matthew Cataford and some of the time Marcus Vitacek and, and others moving in and out. So it, uh, it was obvious they needed some help. And Lawrence has been great putting up tons of numbers, but especially good in the face-offs. Um, leads the lead, I think he's above 60%. So... All around a great pickup. And I guess going over to you, Pat, just uh, I guess before we uh, get into the question here, the fact that I'm talking to like uh, Pat and Willie here brings me back to memories of Charlottetown. I'm sure you guys know the restaurant Pat and Willie's that used to be on (laughs) Kent Street in Charlottetown. So I'm having some PEI flashbacks here right now. Um, But getting to my question, um, yeah, Pat, so obviously uh, there's a lot of talk about uh, Jeremy Langlois uh, being on the move, obviously one of the, the better... Um, defenseman that's uh, that are on the market right now. Um, we're, do you see this, uh, if he is in fact dealt, do you see this as uh, earlier in the, the trade period or do you think maybe they wait to, um, to, to see what other ten- some, some of the other attention, some of the other D to get to, to put a face, I guess, a value on the face? Uh, tough to say. It would depend, I guess, on what happened to the last three games as well. The team hasn't said anything in terms of what direction it'll go, but I think anybody would have to think that that will be in play. And obviously they're not just going to give them, give Jeremy Langlois away, but you know, based on the last couple of years, the team still wants to be competitive. They've talked about wanting to make the playoffs and on paper, this is definitely a playoff team, but the first half hasn't gone to plan. So you still want to make yourself in position to succeed. Although you look back at the years, they traded Dubois and Batherson. They didn't necessarily take a step back. So I think that might be the case here. 
if Langlois move, you might see other trades to bring in other veterans. In terms of when it happens, well, both Sylvain Couturier and Richie Thibault had told me they found the phones a little bit quieter than usual, so that would indicate to me that any sort of major trade, regardless of a, whether it involves Cape Breton or whomever, is probably going to come later, unless it's something that's, you know, like what Willie was talking about, predetermined trades. It seems like everybody knows that Justin Robidoux will be on his way to Quebec, so... You know, if one of those dominoes of a pre-made trade falls early, then maybe we will start to see some more trades. But, you know, obviously, Sylvain Couturier likes to make trades uh, in any season. So I'm sure we'll see something, whether or not uh, Langlois is on the move. I'm sure people are calling about him, that's for sure. But uh, what fit uh, is out there is yet to be determined. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Going back to you there, Willie, um, you mentioned earlier about the acquisition of Stefan Uar Jr. uh, with a 20-year-old do you see him sticking around for the rest of the way, or do you see him as possibly being uh, traded to bring in an, an upgraded, I guess, goaltender or, or, or defenseman? Yeah, if there is an upgrade at 20, it probably would be a goaltender, um, only because it's, it's not a great year for 19-year-olds that are available uh, who would represent any kind of an upgrade on Brady James. Uh, Mathis Rousseau is 18. He's not going to go anywhere. He's the number one right now. And I, I think he's capable uh, of being a, a goalie on a contending team. It's just how secure are they with uh, Brady James in there? So if, like Pat says, if the next month uh, they take a big step back in goal and they, they really feel desperate, then they would have to trade to our junior. But my instinct is they won't. Uh, he seems to fit in well. Um, he's very versatile. And uh, he's experienced, right? Like, they're quite a young team, and they, they don't want to uh, – I don't know that they want to go all in. So they, I think they want to keep guys in camp that they already know are good leaders and they like him. So uh, that would be my guess. But I wouldn't rule it out either, I guess is what I'm saying. I just hope there's a certain goalie from a certain island that doesn't end up in Halifax from a Moncton perspective because <laughs> we generally don't have uh, don't have a lot of good luck with uh, – against that uh, certain franchise uh, goaltender there. Um, Pat, I mean, this team, I know you guys had a fan forum, and um, your your owner talked about wanting to make the playoffs this year, and obviously you're kind of in a holding pattern. Are you going to try to acquire a little bit? Uh, not quite sure what you're going to do. Um, Ivan Ivan, I mean, he's probably one of the top three Euros that are out there after Brabinick, and you've got him, you've got Barbashev. I mean, that, that are on the move. Obviously, Halifax has a couple real good ones, but um, is Ivan Ivan, I mean, he's one of the more popular players. Is is there a, an appetite where fans are like, eh, let's just keep him for the year, or they understand, like, you know, if we can get a return, let's get a return? I'd be surprised if he moved just because of the dual slot with the important 20-year-olds. I mean, anything is on the table, obviously. I, mean, I feel like if the team was, was given an offer that would knock their socks off, and obviously you have to listen. And the fact that he's capable of playing his own end adds to his value for sure. It's just it's tough to make those trades because you're asking a team to take up two spots. And you have to factor in if you're a team that's had, you know, lack of success the last few years, you know, you can take a step back in some areas. As I said, you know, Langlois is going to be called on and there's no guarantee he gets moved. But, you know, I think people would know if a team comes in with a big offer, it'd be the same for Ivan Ivan. It's just probably less likely that one of those offers comes in. And you never say never because there have been examples of 20 year old imports on contending teams in the past. It's just, you know, finding a fit there, I think would be a little bit tougher and, you know, you have to kind of grade on a curve because if you want to have some success now, then 
you have to kind of be blown away by the offer. Uh So I'd be surprised, but you know, the Q trade deadline usually produces a couple of surprises. (laughs) So, you know, I never say never. And as I said, we have a a GM that likes to move and wheel and deal, which is probably a good thing uh, when you're uh, trying to reconstruct. So it's, it's a possibility, but I don't know if uh, it's really something that's high on a lot of people's list just because of, you know, it's it's a player who takes up two uh, quote unquote special spots on the roster. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing is, I mean, you guys, as well as us, we're waiting for the Brabinick domino to fall, see what he gets, if he's able to be moved. And then we're both kind of in the same spot where if the move is there, we'd like to make it. But if it's not, then obviously keeping a player um, like that is a very real possibility because neither team is really going all in for that. Uh, you know, looking over at you, Willie, and, and Halifax, from us, you guys have upgraded in the forward position now with Lawrence in the top six. Is it... Is Cam Russell looking defensively to upgrade a couple positions, or is it more he's looking for a goaltender um, to kind of make more of a, a run uh, without kind of pushing everything in? Where would he be more apt to go look uh, if he's if he's going out shopping? I mean, the, the short answer is I, I kind of feel like he's not going to do a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I don't sense a huge appetite to push all their chips in because they will be good next year too, perhaps better than they are now. Um Perhaps the one upgrade is maybe with a little more size in the top nine. Um, you know, somebody who can play with some of their smaller forwards because once you get past maybe Zach LaRue, it's it's pretty small up there. Um, talking about Jordan Dumay and Josh Lawrence and Marcus Vitacek. And I know the game's changed and all that, but uh, you get into these long playoff series with some of these teams like, Quebec and Gatineau was just in here last night and um, they can uh, they can push you around last night the night before um, they've got big guys who are heavy and at a seven game series they can wear on you so um, but if he does do that uh, again that's a pretty hot commodity and uh, they don't give players like that away very cheaply so yeah um, it's going to be dictated by what's out there and uh I do think it's a, it's a good buyer's year. Um, there are a lot of teams that don't feel like they can win. There may be only four or five contenders. So they do have that going for them. So maybe like I was saying with the QR junior trade and even the Lawrence one, uh, the price was right. So if the price is right, they'll do that. And otherwise, I think they'll just sit tight and see where they get. Yeah, it seems like a very odd year. Pat, back to you. Uh, I guess one player that jumps off the page for me at the, at the forward spot that uh, could be, I think, could possibly be belt is is Samuel Johnson. You know, he's only been around for for six, you know, for six months, maybe not even with the Eagles, but um, he's been off to a pretty good start, and obviously is someone that could very well garner some attention as a, as a possible upgrade uh, between him and. Uh, um, what's his name on the fence that I just uh, talked about? Langwell. Langwell, that's the one. Sorry about that. <laughs> wow. Uh, do, do you see those two as kind of the, the two hot commodities on the on the Eagles this year? Yeah, I think can definitely raise the stakes uh, with the amount of points he's producing. And, and again, it would come down to offers and needs. But, you know, obviously, anybody, anybody who's producing over a point of game is going to be somebody that the teams are looking at for sure. And, you know, there's so many players moved in and out in a short period of time. And the Eagles have shown that, you know, they're not hesitant to make a move just to kind of shake things up with 
you know, I already saw Zach Gravel go out and, you know, he seemed like a good fit and had nothing good things to say about his time in Cape Breton, but it was a time to move him out with Trevor Thurston coming in on the back end. So, you know, definitely a possibility. It's, you know, 20 year olds, it's always different. You don't know what the market looks like, you know, because you're grading a curve again, but definitely I would, you know, I'm sure teams are calling on him. It's just a matter of whether or not you find a fit, but that's something the team has to be open for. Like I said, I think what you might see, if with this Eagles team, any move that results in sort of a sell would have like a, maybe a smaller corresponding buy, but you want to cash out in your prime asset. So I think with Johnson, it will be if you find a team that identifies this guy as being someone who's going to really fill a need for them and that's going to get pay a price, then perhaps. And the other thing too is I think with the Eagles, so the next few games may determine a lot too, because if you go into the break slumping, you know, this is not a slight against St. John, but they're obviously at the bottom of the league. Yeah. So if you go into the break having lost some games against them, then you might be more inclined to move one of your better players because you think, well, you know, even if we're quote unquote selling, the chemistry we have here isn't working. So, you know, then maybe we're not taking a step back. So I think that might play into and that'll be you know, so these last few games could be could be very key in that respect to, to determine what the Eagles do. And obviously Johnson would be a guy that the teams would be looking at because it's logically be available. So just one last one for me, and, you know, we were talking about players kind of moving out, so let's look a, a little bit ahead, and either one you could jump on this one. Um, you know, the rookies that you guys got moving in the second half that could play some extended minutes, and obviously with Halifax, they might not play as many with some of the guys that you may bring in or not. Uh, but, I mean, Cape Breton, you've got Luke Patterson, Olivier Hood, uh, Will Shields, De Russo, um, Jack Martin, and uh, Braden McPhee in Halifax. Just talk about the young guys that are going be, gonna to be here and maybe counted on to play some minutes in the second half. Oh, oh, boy. Oh, go ahead, William. My list is shorter, I'm sure, than Pat. <laughs> uh, because uh, the fourth line doesn't play a whole lot, and uh, and really there's only one fourth liner rookie and that does get any ice, and that's Reese Eich. And when I say any, it's always less than 10 minutes. So he, uh, I think, will stay in that range. But the one kid that will probably keep playing and play more even, perhaps, is Owen Phillips. Um, the coaches really seem to like him for a defenseman. He's quite polished, and uh, he's playing ahead of Jack Martin, another rookie, uh, who will play more if there is an injury. But right now, he's number seven, so uh, a little different than the situation in Cape Breton, where they have a bunch of guys. <laughs> yeah, and, and here we might not. Even if the Eagles were, I, I don't expect this team to do a full-on sell. But even if they did, as as I said, it's probably very unlikely. But even if they did, for some of the young guys, I don't even know if that would give more ice time because. Thomas Lavoie was playing, you know, between 25 and 30 minutes a game earlier in the year just due to injury concerns, right? And same right. with Xavier Daigle. So those two guys have been logging huge minutes, and they're both key defensemen now for the Eagles. So I expect that to continue regardless of what happens on the back end. And William Shields has ducked in and out of top six duty. He was on the top line for a while uh, with Johnson and Ivan. So we'll see if, uh, if that becomes more of a common thing. He's been playing in the third line as of late. Thomas De Rousseau has been in and out of the lineup, which is not uncommon for 16-year-olds. So I think if the Eagles decide to get younger, you'll probably see more of Thomas De Rousseau. Olivier Hood, and this is really a trend. I'm not sure if you guys have noticed this. I wrote about this in the, in the Cape Breton Post a few weeks ago, that this year, more than ever, we're seeing older rookies make an impact. Uh, you look mm -hmm. at Victoriaville, they're the surprise team of the year. They have five 19-year-olds in their lineup. Of those five, four of them made their Q debut at 18. Yeah. So you're seeing more and more of that in the league. And Olivier Hood's an example of that. So he's already playing in key roles too. So I think right now in Cape Breton, we've seen the young guys kind of already uh, get the uh, a lion's share of the work. So I don't know if that would necessarily change it, depending on what happens with the SEMA over Christmas. 
Last one, and it's kind of a combo question for uh, for the both of you. Uh, we've gotten the same answer uh, for uh, when it comes to this question, but uh, I guess player-wise and team-wise, uh, who would be your, I guess, biggest surprises of the first half? Oh, I guess I'll start on this. I guess Victoriaville for me is, is the surprise team. And just, you know, I talk about those five 19 year olds not being that experienced and, you know, only five 19 year olds too. I mean, it's, uh, it's just unbelievable to see what they've done. You know, for us locally, Olivia Hood has been a, a pleasant surprise. Obviously at a really good training camp, but you don't expect an 18 year old to contribute to like he did in terms of the other side of the scale. And obviously uh, Blainville Blaubriana is probably the disappointing team of the first half. I didn't have a lot of luck with guys that didn't come and some injuries, but uh, you know, yeah, it's, feel like especially when you saw them the way they played in sydney you saw the framework when they won that game in cape Breton of even how they could be competitive even without the guys they lost so it's a little bit surprising that they've slumped out of the blocks so to speak but victoriaville to me their success that's probably the most surprising we've seen any team been in quite some time i'm having a hard time remembering a team that was at the top of the standings that was so and it's not to say that you know they were expected to be a weak team by any means but it's yeah. very rare in the queue they have a contender kind of come out of nowhere. So uh, to me, they're the pleasant surprise of the first half of the season in the queue. Yeah, I kind of stole all my answers with those two teams. <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, because I, I certainly, I would have had Blaineville, Blaubriand, and Victoriaville flipped going into the season. I, I thought they were a contender because, uh, of course, they brought Lawrence in, which signals that they're going to try to win something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a few other things didn't go right for them. But for them to be this low is surprising to me because they actually have a good good uh, group of players. And uh, Victoriaville um, won the league two years ago. And as everyone knows, that, that usually means you're going to be rebuilding for two to three years. But here they are after one year up in the top five. I don't know if they can keep it up, but they are a better team than, uh, than you first think they're going to be. So, I mean, if I'm talking about the Mooseheads, and I only want to call it the mild surprise, um, because Matthew Catford was tremendous as a rookie last year, but for his production to be as high as it is as a 17-year-old, and he's in the top 10 in scoring, uh, he he could he could push for 100 points. Um, that's uh, it's been a long time since we've seen a draft eligible player, and I dis I don't count Jordan Dumay because uh, he's he's kind of otherworldly in his own way, but uh, a guy who's being looked at like him put up those kind of numbers, but also play defense and uh, lead at that age on, on a team that has a, a, a decent group of leaders. So he, he's a guy I would point to as well. Well, don't be too sad that Pat stole your answer there, Willie, because uh, that's now that's now five for five that has picked uh, Victoriaville and Blaineville as uh, the surprise and kind of the disappointment in the first half. And luckily we got uh, Cedric on next week, so we'll be able to ask him about that uh, moving in. But, uh, gentlemen, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you got some Christmas activities to get to. So, as always, we truly appreciate you guys giving us some time uh, for the trade deadline show. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on in the second half and, and see how things are going. Uh, thanks for having me. Look forward to it. Hello again. Uh, hello. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Everybody listening in. Yeah, right on. Thanks for having me on, too, guys. It's good talk. I mean, I first of all, love to having those two on. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wish we could add each of them on for kind of a 15 segment on their own. But we do appreciate them. Uh, Kind of being being willing to come on the show together. Um, I mean, it's tough with Halifax. How much do you push in when they have a lot of conventional wisdom in the past couple of years, which would have allowed the going against conventional wisdom, which would allowed them to half in now 
and half in next year mm-hmm. where you know they would have had more assets if they had moved NYA. Well, yeah, that's that's the question, right? They could have easily they could have traded Baron two yeah. years ago. They could have traded Dinway, but they didn't. Yeah, um, I think they'd be more set to make a run, mm-hmm. not just this year, but also next year if they would have traded those those two guys. But um, in, for some reason, they they didn't. Um, I almost wanted to ask Willie if he thought there was any possibility that they would really swing for the fences and go after kidney and melanson from bathurst yeah but that would be an all-in yeah, yeah that's that, that's going that would be an all-in and then that would make essentially be the at that would be that would be it they would not be competitive no, they would not next be year even better next year well I they'd think. still be kind of competitive yeah. i mean they'd still have dume and vitacek but if you're gonna because if they're trading for kidney and melanson they've Catafor is going to be a future, and that would be a future in that deal. McKinnon, Dylan McKinnon would be a future in that deal. Uh, it would basically be equivalent to what we had to give Halifax as futures, because we we gave away Larue, we gave away Dinoye. Those are their, our yeah. two top prospects in our system, yeah, yeah. and that's exactly what Halifax would have to give and to Bathurst. They'd have that good first half, and then they'd have to move off of Vitacek. Yeah, Dume, um, Dume. They have um, to recuperate some of those assets yeah. because it would be an absolute tire fire for the next like three years in Halifax. Yeah, so yeah. I don't see it. Um, well, I, I if we had more time with them, um, you know, you asked that question. I, you know, when he talked about the goaltending, I would have asked, "Do you think there's a possibility, Darvo, who you mentioned last week?" Yeah, is, that's. I mean, that's right. Like that's yeah. That's not your twenty. That saves that position. But again, hopefully, the guy that we have no luck against from the island ends up mm. there. Um, but yeah, and then it, Kate Breton, I mean, you had sent me the message that they had the forum and their GM wanted to, uh, you basically promised the fans they make the playoffs yeah. this year. And I like that from a standpoint of, you know, being an Oilers fan, it was acceptable to have early round picks and it was acceptable to, they're learning, they're learning how to win. It's okay if we lose, it's fine. It's that's great in the NHL when you're making the money they're making, mm-hmm. but when you're in Sydney and you have that market and that market's had some losing for quite a while. At some point you need to make a stance like, no, we are going to make the playoffs. And right now they're two points out on Blainville. You got to assume Blainville is going to move. We were going to have uh, Cedric on this week, but some things came up. We'll have him on next week. We'll ask about that. I mean, that's really what they're competing with. Charlottetown Bathurst who seem to be sellers. So they are in a good spot to get into that 14, 15 range. Um, Trade wise, yep, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm super excited for this trade period just because yeah. I have no idea what these teams are going to do. No, um, including our own. That's that's true. I mean, there's there's some obvious moves on our end that need to be done, but we're gonna you know, by the time we get to talking about our own team, yeah, you know, half these deals are probably going to be done. Yeah, um, missed it by one week. I was trying yeah. to get everyone in before the deadline. That's okay, I thought the yeah, I thought. I don't know what I was thinking. I thought the deadline would be like halfway through the week, so we'd be okay. Yeah. Um, but it's always it always, always starts Sunday. That's, that's yeah, yeah. Immediately after the last game. Yeah. On Saturday, whoever's playing in that last game, that's when trades can. That's when you'll start seeing leaks on on social media. The old little set bombs. Yeah, but uh, I know we didn't didn't get a chance to mention this to Pat, but Pat, you know, if you're if you're listening, uh, it's perfectly fine if you come on our show um, wearing jeans. Unlike when you go to watch your team practice in Quebec. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you're, you know, you're, you're allowed to wear jeans when you're, when you're talking to us. That's, uh, that's all I got to say. 
real quick then. Yeah. All right. He'll, he'll, he'll get it. No, I know he will. I, I don't. But I'll, I know. I'll tell you after. Oh, perfect. I'm just trying to go look at the schedule to find out who that last set of games is. He'll probably have a good chuckle when he hears <laughs> that one. I think a couple people have a good chuckle when they hear that story. Yeah. What are we at? The 18th. Is No, wouldn't it be the 17th? 17th, yeah, yeah. The 16th or 17th, whenever it yeah. is. Well, we play on the 17th of the Saturday against Bathurst. The 17th is Saturday? Yeah. I thought the 16th was Saturday. Nope. 16th is Friday. Is it a home and home? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there it is. is. The last game is the uh, Moncton Bathurst at 7, Halifax Charlottetown at 7, Cape Breton St. John at 7, and Drummondville Renaranda at 7. So whenever that, that Quebec game ends is when you'll start seeing some some names trick, trickle through on. Uh, Quebec is done at uh, 4 o'clock. Well, they play at 4 o'clock oh, yeah, this east, so. But it's interesting now that Kidney didn't make Team Canada. His deal can be Kidney, announced. Melanson, yep. Robidaw. Yeah. All three of those can fall, and those are your big dominoes. Yep. So this is good because that's going to be the price. Coming to Moncton. That's going to be the price setter. Could you imagine? I wouldn't be in this chair next week. <laughs> like, Screw no. this, guys. I'm done. No, 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 no. That's just no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, yeah. That would be the sound effect. At no point do I think those two players are coming to Moncton. At no point do I want those two players to come to Moncton this year. Maybe two years from now, that's the type of deal we'll uh, we'll get into making. But let's get into our uh, let's get into talking about our own team here. Weekly rewind. The Wildcats finally have a winning record in three games. Uh, they finally go two and one over the weekend with wins over Bathurst, St. John. Before again. Losing to the Cape Breton Eagles, uh, which brings our record to 14-12-0-2 for 30 points, staying second in the Maritimes, fifth in the conference, but not by a whole lot as I'm talking slowly so I can find how convoluted that uh, Western Conference Mm -hmm. is. But my computer's not going to agree with me, so it is what it is. Thursday, uh, the return of OJ and Baudouin, um, it showed. I mean, they beat Bathurst 3-2. That was... They took control of that game early. I think they were out outshot them eight to two early on. It just it looked like a completely different team when you get your character, your heart uh, back in the lineup. The top mm-hmm. six looked a little less junior A. Looked a little bit more well, not top six. The team looked a little less junior A when you add those kind of players. Thomas Ojai got us on the board, um, scoring. It was so good to tweet that feeling twenty two again. Yes, it was. Um, and then the second period. I mean, they had a second period to start where they just kind of fell apart early in the game. It was two goals on five shots. Uh, but, again, star of the week, Etienne Moran just settled everything down. Um, they got the victory uh, against Bathurst, which they needed to get. They needed to get a win in division because all these games over the next two weeks are in division. So it was a big win for them on, on uh, Thursday. Yeah, it was good. We needed uh, we needed to get off that um, – those you know, the three games, It's they've been playing a lot of hockey. Yeah, uh, they've been playing a lot of hockey, um, and it's scary to think that I say that because if you look at the games played, there's teams who have actually played more hockey than the Wildcats. Yeah, and I'm like, what? Like, there's like Moncton's currently at 28 games played, and like Valdor has played 32, Gatineau <laughs> has played 32. Um, <coughs> like, I can't. I just I know the season is the same length, mm-hmm. but I just 
growing up and following this team, I don't remember like these schedules being so convoluted. It's the it's the Wednesday travel. It's trying to get everything. It's, thir- it's trying to get that that Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, so teams have less of the long well, travel. It's, it's I think that, but it's also the the seasons used to start mid September. Yeah. Now it's like the end of September, so that's two weeks later. Yeah. And it's I don't know. The it's 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 gonna like the when we talked a couple weeks ago, we said there's ten games left in the season before this. Uh, not the season, the second in the first half. How is this team gonna? Um, how are they going to do in the, in these in these ten games? Like they must be like probably five hundred right now, but um, I haven't really paid attention. But they've got three games coming up this week, right? And they're going to be they're going to be three or four. They're playing this week. Three and four. Three and four. Three and four. Oh Wednesday, God. Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Unbelievable. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, it was good to get that you know that that win against Bathurst. Um, I think they did a really good job of shutting down their their top guys. Uh, kept them to the outside, and uh, goaltending was good. Uh, no, no questions, you know, cons- no concerns about that goaltending performance. Uh, they got the goals when they need it, and I think you said it. You know, when they, when they had their their leader back in the lineup in Baudouin, they had their character back in OJ. You can see that kind of lifted the spirits of the team. Yep. And um, you know, they had Riley Sampson. I think that was his, his that was debut. His yeah. Yep. Uh, did very well, I thought. Um, yeah. I th- now. Is is that a showcase game? We don't know. Um, you know, it's. It, it, I think it's more of a you're going to have to play center for three games this week with two of our top nine centers being yeah. out too, right? That's true. I mean, it's it's probably not. He's probably still around. Yeah, you got to think he's still around. Him and Matthews have to be still around. Matthews is still around. Well, I would assume they're going to bring him up, right? I guess. And well, who else could they bring up? I mean. It's not much around here, is it? There, uh, no, there's not. That's why Dave. That's probably why Matthews was called in. Yeah, that's true. Before and and if you're gonna get, um, did you know he's actually playing junior B? Is he really? Dave Matthews is playing junior B. I think that's the first time I've ever seen a player called up to the queue from junior B. Oh, I thought he was junior A. Uh, that's what I thought too. Like, huh. No, junior straight pirates. I think. Huh. Good yeah. for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I. I would believe that Samson. It wasn't so much a showcase game as a. Get your feet wet as a fourth line center, and because um, you're going to be playing a few more minutes here in the next three of uh, three games in in four nights, and then uh, the Wildcast, a podcast, took a road trip up to St. John <coughs> for well, no pun intended, a wild one. Mm. Um, Wildcats did everything right in the first uh, first 37 minutes, um, had a six one lead, and I know we talked to Marty after, and he kind of mentioned. It felt a little early to have a 6-1 lead. That's uh, the worst lead in hockey. Yeah, it just about was. Um, I mean, they they uh, they pulled Herterbees, and I thought it was three goals on ten shots. Uh, it was the reason he got pulled, and then I looked down, and halfway through he hadn't been on the bench, so I, mm-hmm. and he didn't play in the game against uh, Bathurst. So um, it's a situation to, to monitor there with the trade deadline coming up in the next couple of weeks there. But mm-hmm. um, I... Last week you said you win, you're in. I had said let's alternate them and, and go from there. I didn't think that Philion played bad. Um, the Brady Burns shot, that was a rocket top shelf. Not many goalies are going to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Danny Akoa one, Akocho. Akush. Akush. Bless you. Thanks. <laughs> that one, I don't think he saw. Um, that was a screen. Uh, Eric's Mateko, that went off somebody's skate and in the net. Cam McDonald made a good move. 
Uh, that was three goals in a minute and a half, and he didn't really have a chance on any of them. So I didn't really have a problem with his game. But again, Bodan was there to settle it down with a late power play goal. That was a clutch goal too. I mean, like there was, like we had that was a clutch goal. We had the, the two man advantage late in the game to kill mm-hmm. off. Um, Poor Jeremy, I thought he was gonna have a stroke oh. up in the uh, first time in the press box. <laughs> Man, this this team, I swear, it gives me like the friggin' team that's you just never know what they're gonna just. I need consistency in my life, and I'm not getting it from this team. <laughs> and it's it's I'm going to have a heart attack one yeah. night. Yeah, and it's I, I honest to God thought they were gonna blow that game. And I would it, be absolutely tearing a strip off of them this week. It felt like the Halifax, a reversal of the Halifax game. Well, that's it. It, it. it was That was one of the more, I mean, it's pretty rare that a team scores three goals yeah. in 73 seconds. seconds. Yeah, whatever it was. Like, oh, man, I was so close to literally <laughs> throwing everything. I could have I, my, I could have threw my phone from that press box and it would have landed on the center ice. Yeah, let's be honest. The only reason he was probably as chill as he was was because we were up in the press box. Well, that's it. If I would have been sitting in the stands, there would have been some yelling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, big nights for guys. I mean, Preston Lonsbury had the first yeah. two goals. Boldwine mm-hmm. uh, had four points, a goal and three assists. Barbashev had four assists. Uh, Lonsbury actually had three points on the night. Um, I don't mind the Preston Lonsbury experiment on the top line i couldn't agree more he's 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 he won't a be lot there when faster I, than yeah. i than i thought yeah he's got some wheels to him yeah. uh and i didn't i didn't know he was that fast of a skater no which helps labelle because labelle is used to playing with speed with loshing and i don't think there's i mean there's a an offensive drop off from loshing mm. to to lounsbury mm-hmm. But this is doing nothing but helping Preston Lonsbury oh, yeah, when eventually he moves down to that third line. Like He's a center by trade, and he's mm-hmm. a very good center. But having him on the wing, I, I don't have any issues with him being up on that top. I was a little surprised he was still there when OJ and Baudouin came back, but I don't have an issue with it. Oh, he's earned it. Um, I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, you know, he's for someone playing locally, like, you know, growing up locally and – Getting this opportunity it doesn't happen very often for, you know, for players from southeastern New Brunswick. So he's taking he's taking advantage of his of his chances here and his opportunities, and he's making them. You know, he's he's making a serious case to get extra minutes uh, coming down in the second half. Because if you're going to bring in some extra bodies in the, in the trade period, yep. uh, you still got to find room for for him to play. You got to still got to find room for some other guys to play too, and. It's very easily an is it could be airy, this could be very easily an audition yep. for second half ice time and you know there's there's a player that we signed a month or so ago that has essentially been invisible after his first couple games and yep. he uh, had the audition on the top six yeah you know he he's he had his uh, his cup of coffee and you know I don't think he's poured himself another cup since no nope. so uh, you know that's just opportunities that are going to be uh, bigger for some others, and you know, obviously Preston's the one that's that's jumping at it, and because there's other young guys that should be playing bigger roles, and they're just not. Yep. And then they went into Cape Breton, and, and yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> got down, came back, got into penalty trouble, uh, seven penalties again. Um, they went over for four. They allowed Cape Breton to go two of seven. Um, got back with two within one, and then took I think a four minute uh, high stick penalty. I didn't watch the game, so I don't know what how bad the penalty was. I assume it was just a high stick that got. I assume that it was his eyes stick that drew blood. I, I don't know if it was egregious or anything like that. But, again, this team right now is 9-4 and four in the Maritime Division, 9-4-0-1, and, and two of those losses, including a shootout, are against Cape Breton. Yep. What was that? Oh, I got, I got that stat here. Yeah, I got, got the a, stat. I, that's you, why I teed you up for that you stat. You keep talking. I... I, I I knew you were going to ask me that, <coughs> and uh, you, you, let, me, let me find it here. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a 9-4-0-1 oh, against the Maritime Division. So they, they are playing over 500, obviously, and they're playing very well against their division, which, you know, they got three Halifax, Bathurst, Bathurst in the division. they got Cape Breton, Charlottetown, St. John, Cape Breton again before they actually see a Quebec team uh, the first week of January. So these are all big, big games uh, in the division. Five or six of the next seven are on the road. This team is right now five and six on the road, so they got a good opportunity um, to kind of get better on the road. They've been a pretty good home team. Um, they just have the one home game left. But uh, do you got the stat teed up there? Yeah, I do. Uh, this is compliment- That's a good one. This is, a, good this one. is a really good one. This is compliments of the uh, broadcast podcast unofficial statistician, Dave McKnight. Um, so Cape Breton has played – Against 16 of the 18 QMJHL teams since November the 18th. Yep. Their record against 16 of those 18 teams, 0-8. Now, that leaves only two teams that they haven't played since November 18th. Well, one that. One team they haven't played. The other team is the Wildcats. The Eagles are 2-0 <laughs> against the Wildcats since November the 18th. So the only team that Cape Breton has beaten since November 18th are the Moncton Wildcats. And I just don't get it. Twice. Twice. And the team that and Moncton's undefeated against St. John right now. And both those teams are kind of struggling to get out of the basement. I mean, one team's kind of trending a little bit up. St. John is obviously in year zero of the rebuild, but it's just, I don't know what frustrates Moncton against Cape Breton. And, and Ruccia played really well against us the last time. Mm-hmm. Um, we had almost 50 shots on him, and, and he just held that team in it. I, I don't know if, how many shots we have last night. Uh, 36, again. Outshot him 13-8 in the third period when they were trying to come back. It's just their goaltenders are having success against us, mm-hmm. Satney and Rucci in the past two. I don't know what it is. Um, this is nothing against Cape Breton, but they're obviously their game against Blaineville the night before. Um, the consensus around Sydney was that it was an absolute terrible performance. So maybe they wanted to, they obviously wanted to come back the next you know the next right. day and put on a show for their fans because it was you know. Less than 24 hours before that game, Sunday against Moncton, that their owner promised they'd make the playoffs. So you, I mean, you want the team wants to deliver on that promise. Yeah. 
this was their first opportunity to do it, and they took advantage of it. Uh, so obviously they're, they're using that as motivation and, um, you know, it's too bad that, uh, the Wildcats didn't get a hold of that quote because they could have <laughs> used that in their dressing room, but, uh, they got it now. The thing that sucks, I think about this game, you know, they were down, what was it? Three, nothing, three, nothing. Yeah. And they got up to three, two and then Gabe Smith Four, got two. his first goal. Yeah. And then literally the next shift, they got the, the two goal lead back after yeah. Gabe Smith's goal. I was like, that's a backbreaker. You can't – you got all the momentum. Your 16-year-old rookie forward just got his first goal. He's pumped up. The players are pumped up. You're, you're getting some momentum. And then you go let them score the next shift. She gone. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's – It was over. That was the TSN turning point. Yeah, we got one more game against Cape Breton uh, in the year, uh, in 2022. Uh, so hopefully we can get off that snide. Um, we get a win against them, and then their first game in 2023 is against Cape Breton, uh, January 4th. So that'll end the uh, 7 of 8 uh, on the road um, as we got Halifax, Bathurst, Bathurst. This is the week you just stay healthy. You just get to the Christmas break. This is generally that game on Saturday, maybe the worst game that both teams play because they know Mama's Cooking is around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, they're ready to get out of here. The bus, The plane trips are ready to go. Mm-hmm. So, again, just – this is a week that you got to stay healthy. I do want to ask you one controversial question, and I asked you when we went up to St. John. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain player mm-hmm. that came in with a lot of expectations mm-hmm. forward, and he cannot really find his footing right now. Now, Richie wants to upgrade the offense. Um, is this? Uh, do you think this player? I don't really want to use his name, but. Um, do you think that he's part of the carrot that will be dangled to bring in some offensive talent? Like he, Richie talked about it in the Academia Novelle, like a, a Samson or a Delorier. I don't want this player, but you look at the top six and he can't find footing in there. Mm-hmm. If we kind of upgrade offensively a little bit, what, does he deserve a move to a place where maybe he gets a little more, more ice time? Because he's a very talented player. He's a very talented player. Um, however, if we haven't moved on from a certain goaltender, yeah, uh, I don't think we would move on from a player that's a year younger, has a late birthday. You know, it's. I just I can't I can't see it happening. I I really don't. I think if they're going to deal any players, I think it'll be their recent picks, their recent draft picks. Because mm-hmm. uh, he would be the top rated kind of prospect I mean type yeah that you could dangle to yeah get. but it, I mean it depends on the return but I don't think they should I don't think they should give up on him I don't um, think they should either I think it's way too early yeah um, because right. depth is not a bad thing to have in all four lines and he's proving depth mm-hmm. you're right he I probably expected a little more from from him this year but uh, I, I I still think it's way too early to, to even give it a thought because you know you I think you used your compensation pick on this one I think from Ryan Hopkins I think because Moran was 21 and this Mercier was 23 so there's the name yeah <laughs> uh, I'm assuming that's who you're talking yeah. about 
and I'm, I think it's way too early to give up on him. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to. I just wondered, we're going to try and bring in, Richie wants to try and bring in some younger, and when I say younger, I mean 18, 19 year old, be here for a couple of years. I think he is the, the compensation pick. Yeah, he's um, got to be. No, it'd be a, that'd be a huge mistake if, yeah, if yeah. you know, it's... And the only reason I'm asking right now, yeah, he was 23. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason I'm asking right now is because we could have a few trades by the time we get into our trade show. So yeah. that's why I'm just kind of asking if he's maybe one of the top younger guys that uh, they kind of dangle to bring in. I don't see... So when it comes to Moncton, I don't see Richie being super active bringing in players early yeah in the trade period yeah i think he's gonna be making he'll be subtracting early and then looking what's out there and because right now there's eight eight d yeah and one of them is in another lineup every night well this one that's in another lineup every night needs to play every night Grenier, don't know what what his situation is. He's he's hurt. Don't know how long he's out for. Um, but that's another question. But Ballantyne needs. I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Ballantyne needs to play, and you need to move out at least one D for that to happen. Yeah. Because you can't go the rest away with eight D. And well, you can. <laughs> well, but you know, you're just gonna be rotating in and out. Yeah, you can and, do whatever you want. <laughs> They can have Tendy for all I care. Yeah. As long as they got the right guys playing every night. Yeah. But Ballantyne needs to play. And so you've got to move one of these guys out. And right now, the guy I think with the best value, I'd say, was Thomas Darcy. Um, and, you know, there's another one that you could probably, a 20-year-old that you could probably make a case for. But it all depends on. You know what's what's needed, mm-hmm. and I think there's a younger defenseman that's uh, I wouldn't say younger, but one that could probably be a. Uh, Is that the one we talked about last week? Yeah, and talked about it on the drive up. Yeah, that could possibly be like a, you know, surprise move if you want to put it that way. He's kind of he would remind me of the Sean Stewart move, where a team would get a really good five six defenseman that yeah. can do good things and we bring back a guy that's going to be here for two or three yep. years right we we moved sean stewart for hamel and i think that trade has worked out well this player this defenseman has a better value than yeah, sean yeah. stewart yeah, yeah that's what i mean yeah um so the return would have to be i mean he was a fourth round pick so you've got to be i mean you gotta, you got to get a pretty good return if you're going to be dealing that's what i mean he's going to bring back a player yeah like that's not just going to be a pick's a picks type deal. That's going to well, be bringing back. That's going to be that's if you're going to be bringing in a forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably your the defenseman that's going to get the job done for you. Um, yeah. So if I were to take a guess, I'd say probably one defenseman for sure gone, possibly two, um, and I would say maybe two forwards. Yeah, and it's like I said, it could. I think I'm, I'm not saying Richie's going to go bargain shopping. But he's definitely going to see what dominoes fall, how high the prices are, and just kind of use his assets the best that he he can. Because you know, last year we 
were gushing over um, Bayerjan and the Bayerjan pick, and mm-hmm. you know he's going to the Telescope final, and this is going to be a guy. And sometimes you got to give up prospects that have the potential that have never played. Nobody knows. Well, that trade for Baudouin seems to be working out right now, and it's mm-hmm. it's Bayerjan's first year, but that's the type of deal where Delorier or um, what was the other one I said before? Samson, Samson or Ligare. Yeah, like yeah. those are the type of deals that we're not sure what they're going to be, but if you can get a return for those type of players they, they and they work out in your favor, that's uh, that's never a bad thing. So, mm-hmm. um, it's yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting deadline. I think you're right. I think he kind of hangs off on that first weekend uh, in terms of bringing some guys back, um, but I think it's more of a on the way out, which fans will lose their mind. When it's what's going out. Well, that's it. And the return's not there. And yeah. well, what are we going to do now at this position? What are we going to do here? And what are we like? This Here's is the, not a, a normal trade deadline like in the NHL where it's a day of trading. Like things are going to happen. Two, we've got three weeks yeah. for trades here, folks. Things are going to fire off on the first weekend. It might affect us a little bit. Then we're going to have Christmas. Then that final week in, in January from the 1st to the 5th mm-hmm. will be a flurry of deals. Like you got to remember last year. We literally did a whole lot of nothing until the eleventh hour of the last day. Yeah, Richie, and, and it was a big one. Richie's and Richie and Trevor Georgie's sleepless night. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't see any of that happening this year, unless no, it's just either. a knock your socks off deal again, which I just don't think is going to happen. Last year was a, um, you know, there's not very, there's not a player out there that Moncton could possibly be getting back from the pros. That's that's yeah. You know, and that deal doesn't happen without that player coming back. Oh, that's it, right? We know that the trade started with Trevor Georgie calling about Thomas Kajor. Yeah, and then they just started marking names down and saying, "Okay, we'll throw this guy in." Yeah. Oh, by the way, I've, I'm, I, Philip Doe is just he's coming back to junior. Uh, All right, let me call you back. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. something like that's not going to happen this year. Yeah, it would be. It would. The return would have been. Would have been an interesting trade to see, and you'd obviously see it off the books, and it would never get out of what it could have been mm-hmm. if that would never come back. Like what it started out, uh, what it started out being. But again, it's going to be one thing at the start, so don't freak out. And again, their social media people, whoever it is, doesn't make the trades. Yeah. So, and I know I've been guilty of not understanding why, and you tweet the teams. Their social media people don't make the teams. They don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as we get into the second half, it might be a completely different trade deadline where we're bringing in players and you see the impact and you see the team uh, and what it can be. So stay patient. Don't freak out after week one. Are you ready for everyone's favorite part of the show? Yes, please. Okay. Eric Murray, realtor, buy a house from him. Stick to half of the week. Oh, Johnny. Yeah. Um, okay. So... Uh, stick tap of the week. I'm absolutely winging this. I usually have it written down, but I don't. Um, I'm going to give this one to the organizing committee of the World Juniors here in Moncton. Okay. And I'll say why. Um, they managed to get the Avenir Center almost completely sold out for a Monday game at noon. Yep. Uh, and how they managed to do that is just the old Wildcat way from like the early 2000s. You give free tickets to the kids at school. And the people, the kids come on the buses to the games. Yeah. I mean, wow. 
there used to be so many games at the Moncton Coliseum in the early 2000s that were jam-packed with kids on a Wednesday night because schools got free tickets. And what better way to get fans in the stands than to give away tickets? Ding, ding. And I hope there's people listening that happen to work for the organization that we talk about because I'm sounding like Adam right now on social media. <laughs> but Wait, is that a bad thing? Not at all. <laughs> you literally had kids in the building cheering for, yeah. pardon my language here, washed up CHL players and future NHL busts. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Um, this is that's exactly how you want you make a building look better on TV, even though games were not streamed for some reason. You suck. Um, this is brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. And the unveiling of the team in the plaza area Monday night at five o'clock was excellent. Idea was an excellent idea. Yeah, it looked full. There was I I talked to Justin Hadley. He said there's probably a few hundred people there, and. These kids that were there in their jerseys, they're getting autographs from Connor Bedard and Shane Wright. Hold on to those puppies. Yeah, might want to hold you on know, to them. Hold on to those. Yep. I don't care if you got your minor hockey league McDonald's atomic jersey autographed by Connor Bedard. Put that in a frame. Put that in a frame. Don't wear it again. Tell your coach you quit the rest of the season because <laughs> you probably only have one jersey. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't care if your parents paid for it. Yeah. Phenomenal event that yeah. they put on Monday. And into Monday night, um, just incredible. I, I couldn't believe it's. It's just uh, that is next level thinking, yeah. And the easiest way um, to get to get butts in the seats. I mean, yes, you're losing money, but you're also you know what you're gaining it on merchandise, food prices, food prices. Because you know who has to bring the kids there? The parents do. The parents do. And what do the kids want? Popcorn, they, popcorn, and pop. cotton candy, pop, yep. can't you name it? They're gonna get it. Yeah. Because the parents aren't spending money on the tickets, so nope. they're like, ooh, extra revenue. Yep. Well, you're gonna spend the concessions. Spending spending forty dollars to take your son or daughter there, you can have them eat. That's it. Because it was so smart, and I I was like, you know what? This is perfect. I didn't expect it to be a Monday game at noon. No. To be full, and then I'm sitting at the Tide and Boar Brewing. On Sunday afternoon, and I just happened to open my Ticketmaster app and look at that. I look. I looked at the seat map for the Monday, and I'm like, "What the hell's going on?" Yeah. There's nothing, almost nothing left for a Monday game at noon. And then to find out that they give the t- tickets away to kids. My and goodness. your school wasn't in on it, eh? What a brainiac idea that <laughs> Imagine was. Imagine Avery pulls a, her lunch oh kit out to my, when you get home tonight, and she's like, "Dad, they gave us these ticket things at school." <laughs> But I mean, Ugh. yeah, it's they have four home games in December. Mm-hmm. Not a single holiday pack, nothing. Your Wednesday games, your Sunday games. That's when it's the loudest in that building. Is mm-hmm. Sundays when it's kids. It, it, come on, it's like I said on social media, my ticket thread uh, thing. They are putting their ideas to families of four which is fine, and groups of 10. If you're a single parent or you're a couple that wants a night out 
as that show referenced a few times, no soup for you. No ticket deals. Nothing. Not a mm. thing. No holiday packs. That's the first time in five years I've seen, I haven't seen a holiday pack yep. with some type of something from the organization. So um, I was a little – the only thing I wished out of that uh, announcement was they came out of door four and they skated on the ice. Oh, yeah? I, I thought that would have been – like because they just came on the stage. Oh, yeah. If they yeah. would have put them in and skated on the ice, mm. come down to the Ian Fowler Oval and skate where Connor Bedard skated. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Marketing. It's a good thing we uh, we should be marketing, yeah. We should. But that's excellent stick tab. Yeah, that's I didn't even think the team was gonna be announced on Monday. No? No, I thought the tournament was gonna go and they were gonna announce on like a Thursday, Friday, with the tournament not starting till Monday, like the exhibition game's not starting Monday. I did not think it was gonna be a week out, but I mean get So they had monked in the rest of the week just practicing? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yep, because they play I think they only yeah, they only play their games here, so they'll be the team will be playing there and we should have invited Connor Bedard to the studio. Oh, if Lucas Colton can get him. We can get him. Oh, could you imagine? Wouldn't happen, but could you imagine? Yeah. Well, I missed out on that. But uh, throw him a Wildcat jersey and put it on. So, Wildcast trade for Connor <laughs> Bedard. First interleague CHL hey, trade. You know what? And he's going to see that, and that's not not by design that you're going to have American kids in that arena, yeah. Swedish or Finnish kids in that arena. You, I would not be surprised if our Euros next year will be from Finland, Switzerland, uh, Slovakia. Be surprised. I mean, that is a recruiting because I would imagine the most popular team is the States. I would imagine they will be in that arena in the dressing room. If the Wildcats allow the, a team to use that, here, Team USA, use our dressing room, use yeah. our facilities. Yeah, here's that's that's the best way you can recruit, right? Well, it's going to be tough to get Americans. I mean, it's it, it is. If there was a certain American on America's team, oh man, maybe missed um, it by one year. But, but that, uh, this is the best recruiting. Yeah, it is. And having Ty Bell yeah. and, and Mueller on that team, we could see more Swiss players. Um, I, just, I need to look at the Swiss roster to see what they've got for for young players. Because yeah, I mean, it's good. It's a good point. You know, yeah. you could, you could easily say, come play where we play or come play with me and look at the fans and the fans yep. are showing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, that's how you uh, recruit is. That's true. Having world juniors every 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> the stick tap of the week sponsored by Eric Murray real estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. And that brings us to the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week presented by Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa. Right now, it's getting down to crunch time. Someone's almost running out of budget, almost running out of time. I really haven't even started. I got one gift. Um, so if you want to get uh, a gift for a lovely lady in your house or your mom or just get them away, because let's be honest, the moms buy all the gifts. The dads are just as surprised as the kids are on Christmas. Um, if you want to repay that back, give her a call. Um, she's got a massage right now. Save $16 on a, uh, on a massage, um, gel or acrylic nails, uh, $55. Oh, sorry. Save $16 on a manicure. Only 30 bucks. Uh, gel or acrylic nails, $55. Save between 10 and 20 and then the pedicures are $40, where you can save 15 If you want to get any of those, uh, give her a call at 506-830-1224 or visit her at Mountain Road, 1224 Mountain Road. You'd think I'd know how to read this by now. Maybe I should just put it in a soundbite. Um, the Wildcast Wildcat Player of the Week, if you can't figure it out by now, 
you're not really paying attention. I mean, let's see. He's on the QHL Team of the Week. He's the Player of the Week. He's going to the Kubota Top Prospects game. Uh, oh, by the way, he's leading the league in scoring for a defenseman. Um, he had three goals, three assists uh, in the weekend uh, set of games. Um, like I tweeted out, he's got 13 goals. Wildcats have 14 wins. That's mm-hmm. not a coincidence. Uh, when he puts the puck in the net and that St. John game, that first goal he had where it was a rocket top our shelf off the dropped. post. Yeah. our Both our eyes were just big. We looked at each other. We just we couldn't believe it um, from where we were sitting. Uh, he had the first one against Bathurst. Two kind of the same shot coming across the middle. Letter rip top shelf. Um, he is just playing at another level right now. He's on and, a heater. Yep, he's on a heater. Uh, he's playing at another level right now, and when he scores, the Wildcats generally have a, a good night. The Wildcats Wildcat Player of the Week is number five, defenseman Etienne Moran. That'll do it for this week. Again, thanks to our two guests for our annual trade deadline show where we talked to media members from around the Maritime Division about their plans for the Q trade period. It was uh, Willie Paloff of the Saltwater Network talking Mooseheads, Pat McNeil, the voice of the Eagles, talking about the Eagles. Again, there's no show tomorrow. It was on this show because of time constraints, and it was a little quicker than we wanted to. But join us next week. Uh, we got Cedric Blodin of the Armada uh, talking about their season. Uh, and some insight in the Quebec teams as well. Johnny Rocket will join us talking about Bathurst, and we're trying to get a, a guest about Moncton. I don't know if we will, because do we need one? You guys we like are our, the experts. We are the experts as well. Uh, but that'll do it again. Enjoy your Christmas shopping. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.